welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, 24th Podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Dawes of Music, you heard it. You know it. This is the Alabama Crimson Tide fight song. You know why we're playing the Alabama Crimson Tide fight song on Pause My Music. Because Mac AJ, Mac Jones, otherwise known as the Mac 10, you know him by many names, but let me give you this title. Starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, Mac Jones. Huh, played at Alabama. Played very well. I'm 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Yeah, we're going to play that as the opener. <clears throat> for the podcast on Saturday when we cast Alabama versus somebody. I don't know who Alabama is playing. I know they're probably going to win without even knowing who they're going to play. Very excited to see Alabama this year. Very excited to see some of the teams that we got lined up this weekend. Georgia versus Clemson, Alabama versus somebody, Oklahoma versus somebody. I also have like LSU versus UCLA or LSU versus some other team. I got I got games on deck. Don't worry. I got games on games. We're not going to watch all of them. I'm going to watch all of them. But we're going to watch a lot of football this weekend. I am. And then on top of that, you know, next weekend we're even going to watch a lot more. Or at least I am. I'm not going to cast any more college football. I'm just doing it to have some fun. Sorry, Um, let me kind of stay laser focused in. I'm 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. I woke up Tuesday morning, right? Tuesday is my day off. I'll also kind of get into the schedule of the podcast here in a little bit. Tuesday is my day off. I'm like, boy, am I excited. Excuse me. Had a little barf. Or not a barf, but a burp. Or a hiccup, really. But Tuesday's my day off. So that way I can watch Hard Knocks and then talk about Hard Knocks the next day. Um, which is today. Today is Wednesday for me. It's like late Wednesday night. So I wake up Tuesday morning, not a care in the world, don't have to podcast. And I turn on my TV to the NFL network. I go to the channel because I still have cable. And I see breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Cam Newton just got released by the New England Patriots. Mac Jones named the starter. I was just like, didn't didn't expect to wake up to that news on a Tuesday morning. But yeah, Kind of sucks that I wasn't actually podcasting Tuesday morning, but hey, you know, it is it is what it is. Or Tuesday afternoon. Um, <clears throat> I guess like, oh yeah, by the way, to kind of talk about the schedule before we get like knee deep into it, I'm going to also not have a podcast tomorrow as well. So I'm going to take two days off. Uh, we're going to look at Alabama versus, I don't know who, Georgia versus Clemson and um, Oklahoma versus somebody. I don't know who as well. I kind of just want to watch college football and talk about college football, not Thursday, but Friday. And um, we're going to lead in from Friday into Saturday with three college football games. I'm very excited for this weekend. Also, I'll maybe get the Shaq, Shaqaroni, because I think that thing is back, right? The Shaqaroni, the gigantic Papa John's pizza. Oh, my gosh, that thing was awesome. I love that thing. What is it? Shakaroni. Oh my god. It's back, right? I mean, seriously, seriously though, Papa John's, it's your best pizza. Just don't don't ever not have the shakaroni on your menu. It's essentially like a very, 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 very large pizza with a lot of pepperonis on, on it. It's so good. I don't know why they why it's not like a thing that they have year round all the time and not on the menu. It's like $13. It's worth $13. Oh, my gosh. Anyways. <clears throat> so, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, I was talking about the Patriots in Alabama and Mac Jones and all this other good stuff. Sorry. And the podcasting schedule, which, again, we won't, we won't have a podcast tomorrow, which you're probably going to get this on Thursday just based upon the amount of time I got left on Wednesday. So, wake up Tuesday morning, Mac Jones is a starting quarterback. How do I feel initially? Well, if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time for about a year, you know how high I was on Mac Jones coming out of Alabama. I was the highest that you could potentially be 
on Mac Jones. I thought he was a top five player. People severely disagreed with me. I remember, I'm not going to like just freaking call out everybody and fire off all my shots that I got loaded up in the chambers. But I mean, a lot of people essentially were like, you know what, Mac Jones, he's just not a very good quarterback. He's, he's not a first rounder. He's a second rounder at best. And I was just like, pause, 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 pause. Hard pause. When we take a look at Mac Jones' statistics, when we just take a look at his play, and we look at his tape, it is very, very similar to Joe Burrow's. I'll just I'll just put it out there. I'll just put it out there. It's very similar to Joe Burrow's. And this whole notion of like, well, he doesn't have a big arm. Like, folks, I watched Joe Burrow play in college. Joe Burrow underthrew a lot of his wide receivers. Some of Jamar Chase's and Justin Jefferson's best plays were back shoulder fades where Joe Burrow significantly underthrew them. And some people are like, well, duh, you have to sometimes throw a back shoulder fade and give your wide receiver a chance to make a play on the football. And it's just like, no, 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 no. You don't understand, okay? Because it wasn't like, it wasn't like they had like, you know, a yard of separation. Like Justin Jefferson, I remember on one game, it may have been in the college playoffs, had to like stop, turn around and run back for the football because it was borderline almost a pick if the DB had made a play uh, on, on the football that was supposed to be for Justin Jefferson. And Justin Jefferson had like five or six yards of separation. Don't talk to me about freaking giving guys a chance. I hate it whenever people talk about back shoulder fades as if it is this like, you know, end all be all perfect throw. It's just like way too many people freaking talk about it when it works. But then they don't talk about it when it doesn't work. And it doesn't work the majority of the time. There's a reason why it's called a 50-50 ball because it doesn't work the majority of the time. Or half the time. It's ridiculous. Anyways. When I was watching Mac Jones, and you know what? You're not getting it. Let me pull up his statistics for you. Got to pull up Mac Jones' statistics. The vice principal is now the regular principal. What's, I mean, just the normal principal. Vice principal principal sounds kind of cool. Uh, we can do Joe Burrow's statistics here. Hold on, let me pull up his college numbers. <clears throat> and just so we're clear, do I think Joe Burrow is a better, was a better college football player than Mac Jones? Yeah, but it doesn't discount what Mac Jones did at Alabama. Let's just, let's just get that one 1,000% like straight. Okay, so. Where is it? So Joe Burrow... His completion percentage was 76.3%, 5,671 passing yards, 60 touchdowns to uh, to six interceptions, 202.0 passer rating. So, like, just off the charts when it comes to his numbers. Like, stupidly rare, iconic, probably one of the best, if not the best, um, seasons we'll ever see from a uh, from a quarterback in college football. I don't know necessarily if he would count as the best quarterback in college football. I don't really like, you know, I don't really pay attention to that type of stuff. However, um, yeah, he he was he was awesome. He was fantastic. Literally, just a very very rare football player in college. Okay, you go to Mac Jones, and again, he played in slightly. I think a couple less games. How many games did he play in? Joe Burrow played in 15 games. Mac Jones played in 13. Okay. And each of their respective final years. Okay. So we went over Joe's numbers. Mac had 77.4% completion percentage, which is very similar. Um, 4,500 yards, which is about 1,000 yards less than Joe Burrow. It's actually 1,100 uh, yards less than Joe Burrow, but remember, like their statistics were off the charts. Could Mac close the gap so it wouldn't be like so egregious where he's like down a thousand yards? Yeah, I think so. But would it have been like? But it, he would have been close to going to, to to getting and catching Joe Burrow. He would have been close because again, I think Joe Burrow's the better college football player. Yards per attempt, by the way, actually, yards per attempt. Never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. Never mind. Mac would have caught him. Mac has 11.2 yards per attempt. Usually, like, somewhere around seven is, like, a good yards per attempt. 
in the NFL, like I don't know the numbers in college, but like in the NFL, it's like seven yards per attempt is pretty good. Mac Jones had 11 in college, which again, college is significantly different from the NFL. 11.2 yards per attempt for Mac. Joe had 10.8. So if he had those two games, he actually would have passed Joe by like, again, like a very, 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 very slim margin. Right. <clears throat> and then once again, Max passer rating was slightly better than Joe's. It was 203.1. His touchdown to interception ratio was 41 touchdowns to four interceptions. He's like literally a slightly, his statistics are slightly better than Joe Burrow's. Because Joe Burrow, remember, he had 60 touchdowns, uh, six interceptions. Joe Burrow, excuse me, not Joe. Mac has 41 touchdowns, four interceptions. Again, like. Very, 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 like, like slim margins. I think Mac probably would have had more yards, but probably not. He, w he wouldn't have gotten, like, 20 touchdowns in two games. Like, it's ridiculous. I don't think he would have caught him there, but, again, we'll see. Or not we'll see, but, I mean, you know what I mean. But, again, it's like it's not that big of a deal. So, Mac and Joe are very, very close together when it comes to their statistics and on-field play. Some people are like, Mac, no have a big arm that's why you can't draft him number one watch me watch me watch me draft him number one overall nobody did that's okay but mac jones um i mean like all of his like, like i don't know how i don't know how to describe it because way too because the narrative is so jaded on him like everybody's like he doesn't have a big arm all of his highlights are of him making like 30 40 yard completions like i don't understand it like, somebody said, what was it, Emmanuel Ocho, he was just like, uh, like, most of his yards came after catch, which I don't believe at all. But, um, but I'm like, even if, well, technically speaking, a lot of yards you do get after catch, but it's not all of your yards you get after catch. And then it's just like the exact same argument can be made for Joe Burrow because of, again, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall Jr., like, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, like, let's not pretend like, the exact same reasons why we were clapping it up for Joe Burrow in 2019 aren't the exact same reasons that we're tearing down Mackie J in 2020. One, when we're evaluating our damn quarterbacks. It's ridiculous. So, Mac Jones, Joe Burrow, pretty similar players, right? One year, one player goes in the, it goes number one overall. The other year, same player essentially. Very, very similar player. That same player goes 15th overall because he doesn't, because he wears his uniform weird, excuse me, and he's overweight. And on top of that, uh, he, uh, people don't like him. Like people don't like Tom Brady. People would rather, um, people would rather Aaron Rodgers be the greatest football player of all time than Tom Brady because Tom Brady is old and unathletic. Let's just be honest. That's what, that's the reason why they like Aaron because he's flashy. He's popular. He's, uh, you know, he, like, he, 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 like, like he's just flashy, he's popular, he, he's athletically gifted, he's talented. And let's be honest, Tom Brady wins and Aaron Rodgers really doesn't. He has seven Super Bowls, let's just be honest. And it's kind of like the exact same thing with Mac Jones. Like last year, way too many people, I, I cannot believe people said, second round draft pick, second round draft pick, he's a second rounder, 24. Why well, he's a second round? Go back and watch him at Alabama. At Alabama. Absolutely torching up the SEC. Hardest schedule in Alabama history. Destroyed people. Went undefeated. And I will always say this for the rest of my life. Like, literally, as I was watching the Alabama games, or not as I was watching the Alabama games, before I would watch the Alabama games, I would go on and I would say, like, the game may literally be over by halftime. And in a lot of cases, it was because Alabama had scored like 30 points and uh, the opposition had only scored like 10. And I was just like, oh, game over. Game over. I don't know, man. I think it's ridiculous whenever people talk about Mackie J in a terrible in a terrible mood or in a terrible outlet when it comes to his Alabama career because his Alabama career was a rarity. Now... Kind of talking about his Alabama career. Let's talk about how we got to Tuesday, right? Tuesday morning. 
when I woke up and I saw on the NFL Network that Mackie J had became the starter for the uh, for the New England Patriots. So wake up, and as the day goes on, it's revealed more and more often that, and the narrative has kind of been twisted. It's not like Cam Newton got cut because he isn't vaccinated. Cam Newton apparently got cut because what happened was, and, and if you're not on, if you're not on the up and up with the story and the headlines or whatever, Cam Newton, when he was playing for the Patriots, I believe like a year, not a year, like, not. I mean, he's I mean, he was technically playing for the Patriots until yesterday. But like, when Cam was was kind of like with the Patriots or whatever for the last couple of months things of that nature because he's unvaccinated he had to get very very specific tests very very you know specific days or whatever right but apparently he went out of town for what reason i during training camp i don't know like i don't know if it was for a personal reason i don't know but he went out of town and he didn't get he didn't get checked and because he's not vaccinated he just can't up and leave and not get a you know a, a covid test so because of that and I don't know if he got his COVID test from another person, but the NFL guidelines are very, very specific and critical on this. Because of this, like, weirdness of his vaccination, maybe not his vaccination status, but of his status with, you know, getting COVID tested because he's unvaccinated, so he has to get COVID tested every single day. Because of that facet and because of that truth, Cam had to essentially self-quarantine for five days to make sure that he didn't have the coronavirus. Now, the issue with that is that Mac, who would normally not get any of the first team starters, or excuse me, the first team reps, then got all of them, right? He would not get any, now he gets all of them, right? And as we've been talking about for about a month now, right, because it's September 1st, really almost 2nd, it's midnight essentially, it's 11.59, because Mac, because Mac had, um, had essentially not taken first team starters like Bill Belichick and the Patriots were like we don't really know what we have with him Cam you know is our guy or whatever we're gonna start him blah 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 I don't think there is a quarterback competition until Cam went out and Mac Jones went in with the first team right because again because of Cam's whole thing and Mac Jones got five days of first team starter reps right so Mac Jones got him, and we've been talking about Mac Jones for a month, and he's been playing absolutely spectacularly. He's been playing like one of the best rookie quarterbacks in the draft, okay? He's either been one of the best or the best. It's not even close. He's been slicing and dicing up second team, third teams, and a little bit of some of the first teams on certain teams. Mm. As I drink up a little bit of my raspberry lemonade. So he's been slicing up the ones, or specifically the twos and the threes. Now, when he gets into the ones, right, Patriots, they show no mercy. It's not like the ones are are some scrubs, right, that, that Mac Jones can just line up against and just be like, oh, cool, I, I, can just, I can just compete against the ones and be all right and be fine. It's just like that's not how the ones work in New England, right? You play well against the ones. In New England, you can play well pretty much against anybody. And Mac Jones, again, has been impressing. So Bill Belichick's like, let's throw him, let's throw, you know, Mac in, in, into the fire. Let's throw his butt into the fire. Let's see if he burns. And he didn't. He came out, you know, not even warm or hot. He just came out cold-blooded. So here we are. They made a decision. And they said, well, we're sticking with the rookie, as they should. And I've... Like I said, and it's funny because I think on Monday I said, I don't think Mac Jones will get the starting job, but I think he's better than Cam. And I've said it for about a year. Or not a year, but no, I haven't been saying it for a year. About like, let's say like six, seven months after the season was over with for the, um, for the, um, for the Pats, I was just like, Cam's a backup. Cam Newton's a backup. I don't know why people are like, Cam Newton's not a backup. He's not a good football player. Or he is a good football player or whatever. He's a potential starter. I'm like, he's a backup. I've been on that train for months. 
But what I kind of didn't expect, and some people are speculating about this and things of that nature, but what I did not expect from Cam Newton is, and the New England Patriots specifically, was that they would, like, cut Cam. Because I would just like, like, who's your backup? Like, who's your guy, right? And apparently, and it's been reported by, I don't want to say reported, it's more along the line speculated. But it's speculated by multiple different people that I trust. For example, like Shannon Sharp. And Chris Sims. And I got something from Chris Sims as well that I'm going to play you. Let me kind of turn it down just a little bit. And Chris is going to explain why exactly the New England Patriots cut Cam Newton when um, when they essentially were like, we're going to go with Mac Jones. He's going to kind of give uh, essentially a um, an anecdote for, for uh, from, oh my gosh, from his experience with New England and things of that nature, and then we'll kind of keep things pushing. Here's Chris Sims talking about how, you know, he was uh, he was essentially talking to the New England Patriots back in 2008 when Brady had obviously had that low blow against, I think, his left, not against, but on his left knee, I believe. Here's Chris Sims. But, you know, a little story, I think you might know this a little. 2008, Brady gets hurts his knee, you know, the Bernard Pollard low hit. They call me. Right. As I mean, the, the game's going on. The Patriots call me. I'm I've just been released by the Bucks. I'm still not normal after my losing my right. spleen and injury and all those things. I'm getting close, but I'm not there yet. So uh, they bring me in the next Monday. I go to New England, fly down there. I sit in the meeting room or the waiting room, whatever, for about an hour and a half. And I'm like, man, is, is anything ever going to happen here? Am, we, am I going to work out for them? Am I going to get the physical? And they kept, you know, hey, uh, we'll be with you in a minute, Chris. Sorry, sorry for the wait. And then finally, Scott Pioli came in and he just said, hey, Chris, I'm really sorry, but we're not going to go through with this. He's like, uh, I, I'm really sorry for wasting your time and all those things. But it basically explained to me that, you know, they didn't want to have to deal with it's Matt Castle. He had a bad quarter. And, you know, it, I'm Chris Sims, who's played in the league at that point. I know I'm no superstar or anything like that, but did play in a playoff game just a few years before that. And they didn't want to deal with that. Mm -hmm. They were going to go, you know, Matt Castle's good. We believe in him. We're going to, you know, formulate an offense around him and go from there. And I really respect that about New England. It's yeah. something that really jumped out to me when I was with McDaniels in Denver and then even in, you know, in New England when I worked there for the short time. So just that. So, and a little bit of a bigger backstory, right? So Shannon Sharp, again, I trust Shannon. Um, I trust him a lot more than I trust a lot of other people. Let me put it to you like that. He was talking about how Shannon had reportedly talked to somebody who was very close to the New England Patriots, right? Back when, back when they got Tom Brady in the early 2000s, right? If you don't know the lore, if you don't know the history of the Patriots, right? Back in 2001, they, um, oh wait, let me. Ironically enough, I was, like, listening to the podcast, to the Chris Sims Unbutton podcast today. So I was like, I got to – hold on. I got to go back to my, like, timestamp here. All right. So back in 2001, when the Patriots were about to go on their Super Bowl run, Belichick – and this is according to Shannon Sharp – Belichick had apparently felt incredibly strong about Tom Brady. To the point where he was just like, I want to start him week one. Now, if you don't know how it goes or how it went, essentially what happened was Tom Brady didn't start. Drew Bledsoe got knocked out of a game. Tom Brady then played, you know, came in and played for New England. And then, you know, once Drew Bledsoe came back, they, he didn't get his job back because they were happy with Tom, right? Drew Bledsoe was not happy about that at all. But that's what happened, right? Tom Brady came in and they liked him enough where they were just like, we're rolling with Brady over Drew Bledsoe back in 2001. And like that decision, of, like according to Shannon, I don't want to say it haunted Belichick, but it was like one of those decisions where Belichick was kind of like hesitant about it. Like he was like, I don't really know if I should. I'm like, well, kind of, I like Tom Brady enough where we can start him. And I think it's just like, not to say that he wants to, you know, show, I don't think this is necessarily about Tom Brady in the sense of like he wants to show up Tom Brady and he wants to like and like he he wants to not make that mistake again. I think it's more along the lines of just like a learning lesson for Bel for Belichick. I think he doesn't want to necessarily make that mistake because I feel like he if he probably went back and watched some of those games, he's just like, yeah, we probably could have won some of those games in in 2001 with uh, if Brady was in there instead of um, Drew Bledsoe. But make no mistake about it. 
the reason why they cut Cam Newton wasn't because of his vaccination status. It was because, and and let me be clear, they, they, this is this is this has like a little bit of nuance, right? The reason why Mac Jones got the starting job is because Mac Jones played with the ones and they liked what they saw with him with the ones, right? And also he's had an amazing preseason, right? On the flip side of that exact same coin, you have the Patriots being like, well, we don't want Cam Newton here because if Cam's here and if Mac has a bad game, then it's very, very similar to what happened in 2001 where people were like, if Tom had a bad game, people were going to be like, well, bring back Drew Bledsoe and we want Drew Bledsoe. Or in Chris Sims's case, it's like, well, if, you know, Matt Castle plays like crap for like one week or two weeks. The fans and the media are going to start being like, well, we want Chris Sims. And what about Chris Sims? And he was this and that and third and things of that nature. So they're just like, rather than dealing with all this drama, we're just going to not do it. Chris, sorry, love you. We're not going to have you. Cam, sorry, love you. We're rolling with Matt. And I mean, more power to him. Week one against Dolphins. Nail biter. Can't wait. Absolutely stoked. Absolutely. Next week cannot get here sooner. And I am. God. I'm. I'm, I'm just. I'm very excited. Because football is officially a week away. It's midnight. It's midnight. I'm very. I'm very excited. Very happy. Dallas versus Tampa. Great, great weekend starter. And um, we're not going to watch Mac. I don't have the game. We're not going to watch Mac. Mac EJ, Mac 10 versus the uh, the Dolphins. But I mean, giddy up. (laughs) Giddy up. Giddy up. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Um, Let me kind of go over some of the games that we, that I do have here. And then we'll kind of um, then we'll kind of move on from talking about the Patriots and New England and stuff like that. By the way, let me go to my Week One predictions. Right, let me kind of address this super super quickly. So yes, I do have Week One predictions. Um, I've had them for the last I would say about week. I've had them since when August eighteenth. So really, it's been a good two weeks. So these were my week one predictions, right? Uh, the Cowboys will fall to the Bucks. Seahawks will beat the Colts because I, I mean, I don't. What's the status of their quarterback situation? It's just like the closer we get to week one, the more obvious that some of these things are going to kind of come true, right? So for example, like Seahawks beating the Colts is like. One of those games that, like, like, see, like, I'm already seeing some of my some of the issues uh, with some of these games, and then other issues, and then other games. I'm just like, oh, I'm fine with that. But I'm um, sorry, but like week one against the Colts, like, I don't know who their quarterback is. The Colts QB. It's just like, wait a second, like they don't have a quarterback. I think Carson tested positive for the uh, the virus, and he's coming off of a foot injury, so I don't even know, technically speaking, if he's actually going to be playing or not. Like that's the reality of the situation. He could be. He couldn't be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's hurt. And he has the coronavirus. But Seahawks versus the Colts, that looks like a done deal. Um, I'm probably going to change this one because I because of how Trevor Lawrence played. Um, Jags versus Texans. I have the Texans right now. I'm changing that week one. I'm changing that week one. And these were like my two-week-ago predictions or whatever. I'm changing this week one. I'm uh, like Jags versus Texans. I, I liked how Trevor Lawrence played against Dallas. I liked how he played continually throughout the preseason. He just got better and better as the weeks went on. I think I'm going to change that to, um, to t- from Texans beating the Jags, which I cannot believe I said that, to now Jags beating the Texans. And then Eagles versus Falcons. Falcons, Chargers at Washington. Char- Chargers. And then on and on and on and on and on, right? And then you get to... It was one of the premier games. What was it? What game was I going to look at? Oh, yeah. The Patriots versus the Dolphins. My, I think I would have the Dolphins winning that. Let me just check on it. 
Where is it? I don't have it written down for some weird reason. By the way, this is like a problem with like literally Jesus Christ with like literally what I would do last year where I had to like go back and like yeah, I did not write down Patriots versus Dolphins. I have the Patriots beating not beating the Dolphins. I have the Patriots losing to the Dolphins. But it's like week 1 already has some very very interesting dynamics and some interesting football teams kind of playing and things of that nature. So kind of like kind of like to finish off the whole Patriots conversation with Mac Jones and Cam and stuff like that. Where does Cam go from here? Right? Where does he, where does he go? Who does he play for? Who wants some things of that nature? Well, Unfortunately, he's kind of screwed because the reality of the situation is we're about two weeks, really we're about a week away from the regular season opener. And I don't think a team is going to be like, you know what? Our quarterback situation is so terrible that we're going to forego whoever is our starter and get Cam Newton. I don't think he's that good of a player that you can legitimately justify that. Like just justify like being like, screw it. We're abandoning our starter and we're going with this guy that's coming from a different system that i mean for a lack for for like a lack of a better term like maybe not a lack of a better term like he couldn't beat out mac jones for a starting job like he could not play him i always said like you know cam like in the last two games the last two patriot games i was like oh cam played pretty well mac jones played better and that was like very true even to the like this day and it's like, are you going to forego whoever? Like, first and foremost, if you're literally going to do that, if you're literally just going to, like, say we're going to rip off the Band-Aid and we're just going to be like, screw it, we're uh, we're done with X quarterback that we have. We're going to sub in Mac Jones. It's just like, or not Mac Jones, excuse me, Cam Newton for this guy. It's just like, wait, what? You were so unprepared that you literally have to have, like, Cam Newton as your starter? That's, like, that's not very good. I don't know if you I don't know if you think that's good, but that that's not it's not very good that you're doing that. However, um Mac or not Mac, but Cam, I wrote this down in my notes. Cause I was curious. I was like, who would honestly go for Cam now that he's not a patriot? And what I wrote was essentially like anybody who does not have a starting quarterback. Right, or not a starting quarterback. That's way too unspecific. Who, anybody who is like, who's desperate at quarterback, right? Essentially, what that means is like a very, very rare niche group of players, or not even players, but teams. Because I don't think it really applies to everyone. I think it only applies to like a very, very specific group of teams that need a quarterback. And if it like. Like, for example, I keep hearing the name of, well, the Cowboys are going to bring in Cam Newton, right? I don't think so. I think they're going to, quote, unquote, do their due diligence, but they already got Will Greer, right? And, um, and what was it? They got Will Greer in off of waivers, the third-round draft pick that the Carolina Panthers had, and he's probably better than Ben DiNucci. And by a year from now, it's probably going to be Will Greer who's going to back up Dak instead of Ben DiNucci. I think right now they have four quarterbacks on the roster. I think Ben DiNucci's probably done. So that's probably what's going on with the Cowboys there. And a lot of people, I, th- I think Chris, Chris Sims, he suggested Baltimore. But Baltimore's run style, because like Baltimore because Lamar Jackson and running quarterbacks and stuff like that. Baltimore's style with the read option is way more speed than strength and power. And Cam obviously is a speed and not speed, but he's a powerful runner. He's not really a great thrower. So I'm like, like we can kind of play the game of like realistically where can Cam Newton go? And it's just like, he can go to a lot of different places and go to like a lot of different football teams and play for a lot of different guys. But it's just like, I think it's, I think it's a crapshoot to be honest with you, and I think the team that's that wants him, that's going to get him, is the team that's going to be significantly desperate at quarterback. And I don't really think that there's a team right now that is. So, we'll see. 
but yeah, he should also he should also stay ready because um, teams will get desperate at quarterback. Interesting games I got on next week. I was actually trying to lead into that before I forgot what I was talking about. And next week on Sunday, um, we're gonna watch one of the games that I'm super high on, in the sense of how confident I am on this game: Bills versus. Steelers, yikes, that's a mismatch. Huge mismatch. And then um, two awesome midday games, Green Bay at Saints and then Cleveland at Kansas. I mean, I'm more, I'm, I, I'm more interested in Cleveland at Kansas. And the thing is, right, last year I didn't watch. I only watched like three games on Sunday. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to double up on Sunday. So I'm going to watch, I think, goodness gracious, I'm going to watch like a lot of football. My weekends are going to be absolutely jammed, packed with football, and I'm very excited for it. Very excited for the uh, for the weekend, for the weekend grind of football where I'm going to watch like how many games? I think 10 on the weekend. I'm going to watch, nope, it's going to be like, what is it? It's going to be three college no, yeah, it's 10. It's going to be five college and then five NFL games. And I think I'll probably be at like, what is it? Yeah, I'll be at like 170 total games, not including playoffs and um, <clears throat> and um, bowl games for both college and the NFL. And I think I'll have like, I don't know. I think I'll still be around like 25%. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm, like, going through the math in my head on, like, how many games I watch per season, like, annually. We can do it on... This is, like, some nerd stuff. Hold on. Just so you know, like, how absolutely just obsessive I am about watching football. So, I watch, like... I watch... I'm going to watch five on, five on Sunday, five on Saturday, and then two more during the week. So, that's 12 games. Let me go to calculator. Hold on. I'm really, really bad at math and like multiplication and stuff like that. So that's like 12 games times that. Like technically it's not 17 weeks. It's 18 weeks. And the reason why it's 18 weeks is because there's a bye week for every single team. So instead of it being for 17 weeks, it's, it's for 18 weeks. Oh, wait. They're doing like a piece on the Alabama the Alabama. Okay, so yeah, they're doing a piece on the Alabama game versus Miami. I kind of want to watch this. Obviously, I mean, roll tide, roll tide. When it's like twelve times eighteen, I'll watch like two hundred and sixteen games this season. And then it's like, how many games? How many games for like each team? What is it? Let me just write some of this stuff down. I'm already, like, I'm kind of bad at algebra. So it's like 216 is how many total games I'm going to watch. But then I would have to divide that. Or I would have to, like, figure out total games. Games, excuse me. This is why I'm not a mathematician. Okay? So it's like 17 games times 32 teams. Oh, it's only 544. Oh, wow. That's like half, right? That's like college and and um, pros, but then yeah, that's that's like half. That's I'm fine with that. But then it's like wait wait wait. So I would take out half of two sixteen, which would be like one one three. So that means that I would watch not divided. Is it divided? Yeah, it's like five four four divided by one one three. So yeah, I would I would be watching like. A fourth of the games, right? I'm confusing myself. I apologize. I, I know I'm confusing you. It says like it's 4.8141. So it's like, yeah, I'm watching like a fourth of the games. I'm fine with that. I know that's like super confusing. but Or is it? I mean, it's obviously not 40% of the game. No, it's, it is. It's close to it. It is. Is it? It would be like two. No, two would be half. Yeah, it is a fourth. 
Sorry. Not very good at math. Again, it's why I'm a football fan and not a, you know, a mathematician. Numbers, they confuse me sometimes. So, yes, um, I'm going to be watching a lot of football this year. It's how I, I mean, listen, I watch, I don't, like, I, I say this not to brag. I say this more along the lines of to express how informed and how hard I work at becoming informed about the sport. It's not like I watch 200 games a year to be like, oh, man, I watch 200 games a year. Look at how cool I am. It's more along the lines of, like, whenever I come up with these lists of teams, whenever I give you, like, week one predictions, like, I mean, good God, I, I watch, like, uh, way too many hours of preseason football. But, I mean, yes, like, there's a reason why, like, I go into each and every single season prepared because I always, like, up how much I put on my plate. Now I'm watching double or I think it's like originally when I've started this podcast, I only watched a Cowboys game and I never really watched any of the other primetime games. And uh, now it's like I watch every single primetime game. Plus this year, I'm going to ante up the pot a little bit more by watching like as many college football games as I possibly can. And then on top of that, I'll also watch more. Uh... Okay. Oh, God, that's so. I'm watching, like, I'm not watching, but I just read something super depressing card. But it's like, um, I got, um, what is it? I got, um, oh, my God, I just lost my train of thought because of something I just read. I apologize. But, yeah, like, I'm, I'm watching a lot of games this, this year. Like, I watched the Cowboys game my first year of doing the podcast. Then it was, like, primetime games and like some college football and then it's like as many college football games in NFL games that I can possibly watch and realistically it's probably gonna go up because I'm probably gonna like watch some of the games that are going to be rebroadcasted on the NFL network so again weekends should be absolutely jam-packed with football cannot cannot wait so um Kind of like, where should we continue going forward with the conversation? Oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, roast the Cowboys defense and talk about Deshaun Watson. I kind of want to give some up uh, updates on kind of what's been going on around the league when it comes to injuries and players on pup lists and stuff like that. So, um, Stephon Gilmore, the number one cornerback for the Patriots, one of the best players in the NFL, he's out for, like, six weeks. He's on the pup list. Physically unable to perform. P-U-P. Pup. Like, that's half the season. Done. He's gone. Um, he's apparently el eligible in week seven against the Jets. That's not very good. It's not very good. It's by the Patriots' own design. They're just like, yeah, we want him on the team. Things of that nature. But he's going to be on the pup list. And I was just like, that's... That's not good, depending on who the Patriots play. Yeah, it's not good. I, I'm like, it's it's not good because I compl I remembered. I was just like, oh, wait. Patriots actually, actually could be in some trouble here. Kind of early on. Let me show you why. And I just... Is that TV show, He's All That Good? I, I got to pause. Okay? I'm on Netflix, right? And I just like... And by the way, shout out to the Giants for taking like 10 years... To retire one of your best players' jerseys uh, in Michael Strahan. Great job by the Giants, by the way. It only took you like 10 years to really like 13 years to retire like one of your most iconic players. Uh, one of your best pass rushers outside of like Lawrence Saylor, by the way. But anyways, I keep getting like this advertisement. I thought it was like for a TV show, but it's for a movie. IMDB, it's okay. I was like, wait, is it four out of five? Like, no, it's 4.4 out of 10. And it's just like, I'm guessing it's like, it's a movie, I think, with like a bunch of TikTokers. And like Addison Ray headlines it. It's so weird. I'm like, I, I, I'll i say this. I'll say this about Addison Ray. No way. <laughs> she's fucking 21. She's 21 this year. She's not even old enough to drink a fucking beer. And she's, like, already in a movie. I'm like, that's so stupid. 
I thought she was like 22, 23, dude. Because I feel like she's been around for like, I feel like I've known of her for like literally, uh, yeah, for years. But she's just super young. It's, it's ridiculous. Goodness gracious, dude. But yeah, like she headlines it. I, like, I, I don't understand this shit, bro. I don't understand this shit. I don't know how Gen Zers are just so fucking ridiculously popping right now. I don't know how they do the shit that they do. But yeah, like she, like an advertisement for that movie distracted me because I'm just like, I don't know how a fucking TikToker can go from TikToking to like being a sideline reporter for like the UFC and being in a fucking movie. I don't, I don't get that shit at all, but you know, regardless, I don't know. That shit's weird. Anyway, sorry about that. But we were going with the Patriots, Patriots, excuse me, before I got like super distracted with Addison Ray and a whole bunch of other different stuff. Um, Patriots, they go up against the Jets, the Saints, the, uh, the Dolphins. Let me, let me do it in order. Dolphins, Jets, Saints, Bucks, Texans, Cowboys, and then they get the Jets again for a final time on October 24th. And that's when Stefan Gilmore uh, should be back. Now, context. Dolphins, I don't think, have Jalen Waddle. They have Devontae Parker. He's awesome. Saints don't have Michael Thomas. That's not good. Bucks, they're loaded at wideout. That's probably a loss week three or uh, week four, I believe, October 3rd. And uh, Texans, they have Brandon Cooks and nobody. But the Cowboys, a team that they beat two years ago in 19, loaded at wideout, right? So Patriots have one really, really awesome corner in J.C. Jackson. And, um, and obviously Stephon Gilmore. But because Stephon Gilmore won't play for seven weeks, it's just like, holy crap, like, Pats have nobody besides Stephon. So, yes, like, the Patriots missing Stephon Gilmore, like, is a very, very big deal for the first seven weeks because they could potentially have, like, I'm al- I mean, I'm, I'm already predicting the Dolphins as a loss. And then I think they'll go up against the Bucks and they'll lose that game. And then the Cowboys October 17th and lose that game as well. So, I mean, they're, they, they have some really really concerning games and then it's just like fresh off the jets when stefan gilmore comes back they go up against the chargers and then panthers and then they go up against the browns so it's just like they never really catch a break it's gonna be i'll say this i have the pats being a playoff team it's gonna be really really hard for the patriots to be a playoff team because of like they're gonna have to steal a game potentially for example against like the bills the Browns, the Dolphins, like somewhere in here has got to be like one of those games where I just look at it and I'm just like, okay, they can steal this game and this game is going to be like the game that's going to help them be over the top. May not be over the top. It's not a great way of describing it, but like being in that playoff contention. We'll see. We'll see. Wait a second. How long? Okay, I thought that their bye week was between the Jets game and the Chargers. It's not. When is their bye week? Is it early? I thought, isn't it in December? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the, uh, the bye week is in between the, the Bills game <clears throat> and, and the Colts. So they don't even get a break for the majority of it. And they play, the, it's like the Cowboys schedule where the Patriots are going to play up against the Bills twice in three weeks, which blows my mind that that's something that's actually going to happen but at least it's like it'll give them time to be able to develop their team until later on in the season but we'll see about the pats see about the pats anyways um to kind of wrap up the podcast i mean technically i haven't even gotten through some of the more important players i was gonna write i wrote down in my journal that like malcolm butler former ironically enough patriots cornerback star of super bowl in 2000 of the super bowl in 2014 i don't know the numbers uh he picked off russell wilson in the back of the end zone or not in the back of the of the end zone excuse me but on the goal line when they should have ran it but you know seattle wanted to make russell wilson the mvp of the super bowl instead of just outright winning the game um i think he's retired now and i wrote that like malcolm butler considering retirement is kind of not kind of like super under underrated 
on like how important it is because now the Cardinals kind of don't have like an awesome number one corner. And I talked about Zayvon Collins a lot this offseason or preseason. I talked about Isaiah Simmons and they have J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones and Buda Baker, obviously. But then I'm like, they don't really have like a number one corner in a division that's filled with like a bajillion wideouts. So that may not be very good, especially against DK Metcalf. It's not very good. I mean, he was borderline bullying people. He was borderline bullying DBs. I've never seen a wide receiver make DBs so frustrated and angry as I saw DK Metcalf play last year. Um, Bakhtiari, Packers awesome left tackle. He's out. He's on the PUP list. Um, Irv Smith also is out for the entire season as well. He's the Vikings uh, awesome tight end. He's, at, he's, he's done. Um, and that's it. Hard Knocks sucked last night. I don't even want to talk about Hard Knocks. I hated it. It was so bad. Hard Knocks was so garbage last week or last night. I mean, I was like watching Hard Knocks and I was just like, why are they talking about how hot it is in Texas in the middle of August? And then I was like, oh, because they wanted to play Olivia Rodrigo's Brutal. <laughs> like, I think... Like, they spent, like, 10 minutes talking, like, showcasing off, like, players saying, like, oh, man, it's really hot outside. Uh, it's It was, like, all of the younger players and and um, and um free agents that were, like, oh, man, it's really hot in Texas. But it's, like, Dak's, like, bro, this is normal. And then they played, like, Brutal. God, it's Brutal out here. They played that song. Awesome song. I just butchered it, I know. They played that song because they were like, well, we have to make the show entertaining somehow. And we certainly aren't going to do it by having interesting narratives or storylines or interviews with certain players. We're not going to cover interesting players like Tyron Smith, Leo Collins, Zach Martin. We're very, very rarely and barely going to cover some of the more important players to the Cowboys like Dak Prescott, like Amari Cooper, like... Um, like the offensive line, we're not going to cover the tight end battle. I had like so many narratives for hard knocks. I was like, take them, take them and use them. I want to see an interesting season. And they just focused on like Isaac Alakarn and Ben Danucci who gets cut. Then he gets re-signed as a practice squad player. And um, the goggles guy. And it's just like, I could care less. So hard knocks still sucks. That's fun. Um... I think I'll save this some of this stuff for Friday. Um, like how crappy Dallas's defense is and Deshaun Watson. I kind of want to talk about the role of backup quarterbacks here. And I was kind of leading into this with Cam Newton, but then I got sidetracked. And then won the podcast. So, I've covered this before and I'll say it again. Right? Backups are not supposed to play. And I want, like, everybody to understand this, right? And, and, I, and again, I was watching... The Unbuttoned podcast with Chris Sims. And, like, he was just like, listen, man, I think his dad actually said it. Phil Sims. Phil Sims was like, listen, man, like, unless you're a good football team, your backup quarterback really doesn't matter. Because the backup is essentially, and, and if your quarterback is out for the season, then forget it. Like, your backup quarterback really doesn't matter. But if you're not, like, a good football team, then your backup quarterback doesn't matter. And the reason why is that other parts of your team is going to have to pick up the slack. It's not like your backup quarterback, like like um, let's say it was whoever Tom Brady's backup quarterback is now. Like they can't play like Tom Brady. They can't win like Tom Brady. They can't, you know, attack defenses like Tom Brady can. They can attack defenses, but not the same way. Like even with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski and all those guys. Like, they can't attack the defense the same way because he's, like, the backup is not Tom Brady, right? So, in the case of, like, good teams, like, the reason why the Saints could kind of get away with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill being the backup quarterbacks was because both of those guys were on an awesome football team with, you know, with um, Janoris Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore and Malcolm Jenkins 
and um, and uh, Demario Davis and Trey Hendrickson and Cam Jordan and you know the offense with Michael Thomas and and, and Alvin Kamara and they were loaded up as the Saints so they could be like we're gonna fall back we're gonna lean back on some of our other players on some of our other aspects of our football team. And we're going to try not to tax the quarterback position because the quarterback position is a second stringer, a second teamer. Why would we do that? We, we're you know, we're going to lose if we throw a football 50 times with, uh, what's his name? With whoever is Tom Brady's backup quarterback. It's just that simple. So, in the case of, like, backups, and I'll say it once, I'll say it twice, I'll say it three times. Like, don't expect your backup quarterback to play. The backup is a hat and clipboard guy. They take notes. They greet the quarterback, when it, the starter. When he comes off the football field, he tells them. The backup tells them what's going on on the sideline, and bada-bing, bada-boom. You know, that's his job for, like, 90%. There's this weird phenomenon where everybody is super paranoid about quarterbacks getting hurt. So now they're just like, well, we got to have an awesome backup quarterback or else the season goes sideways. And it's just like, listen, if your quarter, if your team sucks, forget about backups. Like, you need to forget about the backup quarterback. You need to focus on why your team sucks, why your offensive line can't block people, or why your defense can't get off the football field. Like, that's the stuff that you need to focus on. And I feel like everybody with Nick Foles started it, and then it's just, like, starters becoming backups because they're not very good starters. And it's, like, it's obvious, like, Case Keenum went to an NFC Championship game with the Vikings. He's a backup quarterback. Cam Newton, obviously, is essentially a backup quarterback. Andy Dalton was a backup quarterback after being a starter. Now he's a starter again. And there's just so much conversation with backup quarterback, backup quarterback, backup quarterback. And I'm just, like... You need to focus significantly more on your starting 22, your starting roster. Because if your starting roster sucks, there is nothing on this earth that can, unless it's just Jesus came down from heaven and, you know, individually blessed your quarterback with, like, the arm of Patrick Mahomes, the legs of, like, Kyler Murray, and, like, you know, the, uh, the scrambling ability of Aaron Rodgers with, like, the brain of Tom Brady. Unless, like, Jesus, like, just individually, just divinely intervened with your backup quarterback, then your backup quarterback is going to suck. On a team that sucks. Like, what's a perfect example? Andy Dalton. Oh, my God. Perfect example. With the Cowboys. It's just like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter how... Oh, um, uh, it doesn't matter about Andy Dalton. It's just like, holy crap, the defense really, really fucking sucks on the Cowboys. And I'll get into that probably on Friday. But it's just like it didn't matter that that uh, that they had a former starter who played in a lot of playoff games for the Cowboys. It's like, that shit didn't matter. What mattered was the Cowboys' defense sucked. So it's just like, oh, crap. Like, it doesn't matter how, you know— that we, that we have Andy. It's just like what matters is, is that all of our other assets and facets of our team sucked, except for certain parts of our offense. So yeah, if you're like one of the fans that's like, oh my God, I'm really worried about who my backup quarterback is. Tell me who your left tackle is. Tell me who your one technique is, your nose tackle. Tell me who your pass rushing three technique is. Tell me who your second corner is. Tell me who your first corner is, your number one corner is. Because if you can't tell me that type of stuff, you need to get your mind off of backup quarterbacks and start looking at your roster way more objectively because there's way more positions on your football team. In my opinion, let me tell you something right now. My opinion, your kicker and your punter matter more than your backup quarterback because they will hopefully play more than your backup quarterback. Like whenever people talk about, whenever like people are like, I don't care about punting and kicking, but then they spend like, like literally hours dissecting their backup quarterback position. And I'm just like, bro, this position doesn't matter whatsoever on the football field. Way too many people care about the backup quarterback position over like actual positions of need and of significance on the football team on a lot of respective football teams. 
So, hey, that's it for today. I won't see you to, again tomorrow. I'll see you on Friday. Um, I'll be getting into college football for the first time really all year. I'll be talking about some of the teams. Um, I, I'm not really I'm not really that big into college football. I'm not really into um, – I, I kind of use it as a jumping-off platform for the NFL. So it's so I'm not, like, great at college football, but I'll talk about college football. I'll talk about some of the teams that I like going into the college football regular season. I'll talk, I mean, I'll talk about Alabama. Um, I'll talk about Oklahoma. I'll talk about some of the prospects. I'll talk about some of the um, – the headliners that are making their ways on people's draft boards and things of that nature. And we'll kind of talk about how shitty Dallas's defense is as well. I'll see you on, on Friday, not on Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, 24 podcast.